This is live coverage of the 2021 Steelers Minicamp. Live from Heinz Field on your 24-7 home for the Steelers. SNR, Steelers Nation Radio. Our final hour of coverage here on the Steelers Blitz, live from Heinz Field. Final day of minicamp, hour number two. It's Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler. It is the Steelers Blitz on SNR. We got our guy Kellen Gursky keeping us fresh back in our Green Tree Studios. We'll be joined here in about 15, 20 minutes by our good friend of the show, Mr. Brian Backo of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, as we roll along here from Heinz Field. Had a bunch of tweets uh, in the first hour of the show. Wanted to get to some of these. Uh, Rod Dalla, our buddy, was surprised that McDonald's was the bet, Motsi. Listen, we don't, we don't slander the Golden Arches here on this show. Come on, All right, man. that's high-quality dining. They've been doing it before everybody else been doing it. <laughs> Just like Soldier Boy. Just like Soldier Boy. Come on, man. Big Soldier, man. I, I told you now. You. Kiss me through the phone, mate. Cop my whole my whole stall. Style. Ball for ball. Word for word. <laughs> Rod Dalla wants to know, in our opinions, right, will Eric Ebron be the tight end number two, the second tight end by the end of the season? And uh, do you think Kendrick Green will be our center going into the playoffs? I do think both of those things will be the case. Um, I'm glad that he put he phrased it like that as well because I don't think either of those things happen in the first six weeks, though. Yes, I, I, oh, I, I certainly agree I with that. I feel like Kendrick starts later in the year back in week 10, so forth. I think we put and the over-under like on Pat, week 9. Was that our yes. over-under week 9? I, I believe we did say that. We, yeah. I felt like last week or the week before, yeah. And then with Pat, I feel like it'll be similar. I think that both of those guys, in terms of Pat and Ebron, they're going to get a good amount of playing time together because I, the thing that Ebron does well, Pat can do, you know, to a certain extent. But we know the thing that Pat can excel in is something that Ebron struggles mightily right. in, right. and that's the, the, the blocking element of the game. So for Pat, I, I just think it's going to be just a matter of time before he catches up and closes that gap from the receiving, uh, from the receiving part of it because the blocking part, he already has that. I think that's going to be the we've part seen, that's going to get that. him out there yep. super soon. But yes. the the when, h- however long it takes him to become an effective receiver at this level, that's going to dictate when he's the starter out there or not. Yeah, no, that that's well said by you because there is the nice yin and yang with their skill sets. Um, <laughs> but you know what's funny, Motsi, in, in today's NFL, <laughs> right, if, if you're going to kind of be a specialist in terms of a pass-catching pass catching tight end versus a run-blocking tight end, mm-hmm. you're, you're probably going to have the pass-catching guy on the field more often than the run-blocking special. You know, unless maybe you're like the Tennessee Titans, you know, that's, that's really about it. Maybe the Baltimore Ravens, that's really about it. Uh, yeah, I think that's well said by you. As soon as that pass-catching prowess enters Pat's game, as soon as he gets more comfortable with the scheme and the play calls, and you know what? We see that happen with – with guys that are first and second round picks as wide receivers oh, as well. Yes, indeed. We saw that with yes, Juju, indeed. right? Juju's rookie year, first seven, eight weeks of the season, he had some nice plays. He had some little impacts, mm-hmm. but it was really, I think it was week eight, was that Lions game. Detroit. When Thanks- he, Thanksgiving. When he yeah. took off, and from that point on, he was a big part of the offense. He, he chained up that bike, and it was a wrap. That's, that's realistically how it, it's just, it's so hard. Um, 
for certain positions to come in right away and hit the ground and just have an impact right away. I think tight end is one of those. Not to say that he's not going to have one his rookie year and not to say that he can't have impacts throughout the first month or two of the season, but I think it'll really be yeah about that halfway point where he gets comfortable, the game starts to slow down for him, uh, and that's where we could really see him start to take off. Absolutely. And, and, and that will obviously be exciting, and, and we do all anticipate that being the case. Uh, taking your tweets here, at Wesley Euler, at Body 52 Duh. If you want to join in on the conversation, Chris tweets us and says, I know you and Mozi got to be hyped for tailgating season. Come on now, baby. <laughs> Arthur Mozi. Come on now, baby. Now, are you doing your tailgates here again down uh, down on the beautiful North Shore in Pittsburgh, Oh, no, no, that, that, that's the plan. And, and, you know, it's one of those things. We have other things on the docket sure, as well. Sure, Some other variables taking place right now. But sure, sure. once those variables get uh, clarified, then, yeah, we will know very, very, you know, I'll make an announcement. What will be good from there? It's, it's you know, we're kind of waiting on a lot of things. Yeah. You know, that we're kind of waiting. It's that time of year. Got, Mike Tomlin was talking about today how they're still waiting uh, official word from the NFL on what they can and can't do with Latrobe. Right. So I know a lot of you listeners out there, you think Moats and I are privy to all this information and we're hiding stuff and they know what Latrobe's hey. and they know what this and that. We don't. Sometimes, occasionally, the, the, the we, occasionally we get some information, yes. but not all the time. And, the situation and is fluid. Particularly, yeah, particularly in a what is still, um, you know, we are we are much closer back to normal, and certainly every day, every week feels like uh, more and more the the precedented times, if you will. But there are still some some unknowns and, and moving factors with all of this. Uh, Mike Tomlin did seem to express a little frustration with the fact that they still haven't gotten um, complete word from the NFL. Uh, in terms of what they are and aren't allowed to do with a trobe, when you just saw last week the Cowboys announced that they were going back to California and that they had received permission from the NFL. I think there is um, some frustration there, rightfully so. Mm-hmm. But again, w- with all these things, we will know soon because we have to. I mean, we well, just, I mean, we just have to. We had a, a big announcement last night where they uh, rolled out the NFL vaccine versus non-vaccinated Correct. requirements for everybody that's going to be true. In a situation where they are potentially around players in a close proximity, things that obviously affect me and you and a lot of people mm-hmm. in the NFL, not just players. So sure. yeah, I mean, so I think like like I said, we're going to continue over these next week or so yeah. of things like that continuing to come out, where it's like, all right, this is the clarification on that. All right, these are the requirements on this. These are the restrictions on that. Just until things get completely back to normal. But we're on we're, we're on the you know. We're in the right direction right Listen, now. Listen, we're, we're, right we're, we're sitting here at Heinz Field. I, I would say we are certainly headed in the right direction. Uh, Don Juan tweets us and says, great job by everyone during this three-day minicamp. Uh, what are you guys' What are you guys' thoughts on Matt Canada saying the offense is going to let Ben do what he wants to do? You know, kind of on the backdrop of, of Mr. Rooney and Kevin Colbert saying we've got to get back to running the ball. Motsi, with all this stuff, right, it's, it's grain of salt. Um, I know that that Matt Canada quote came out, right, and we're going to do what Ben wants to do, and, and that can perk your eyes up as a, your ears as a Steelers fan, right, and you say, well, wait a second. I thought that's right. We got rid of Randy Feetner, right? It was because we needed this offense to move more in a forward direction, and, and Ben, yeah, we know he's a veteran. He's a future Hall of Famer, and he could check stuff at the line of scrimmage, but we don't want him to have complete autonomy with how the offense is going to be run. Folks, don't, don't uh, you know, to, to use a phrase that, that my mom might have told me when I was younger, don't get your panties in a bunch, <laughs> all right? Um, and I think, too, if you go and you listen to that full clip from Matt Canada, it doesn't, it doesn't sound as, as dramatic, you know, if you listen to the context and everything. 
Motsi, they're, they're going to do what works best for this offense, point blank, period. Mm-hmm. When I thought of, or my initial reaction to Matt Canada's comment and things like that, it was just more funny because I said literally, was it a week ago or two weeks ago when Ben was talking, he said, man, we're doing, I'm going to do whatever Matt Canada says. And so then you got, all right, well, Ben says he's going to do whatever Matt Canada says, and Matt Canada says he's going to do whatever Ben says, so who's leading who here? But <laughs> I think that it was one of those names you just say because it's OTAs. You're, you're trying yes. to keep it yes. as chill as possible. We don't want to say anything that can create a stir. And both of those guys know if Ben Roethlisberger says, I'm going to do it my way, that's going to create a stir. If Matt Canada says, I'm going to do it my way, that's going to create a Every stir. Every relationship is give and take, right, Motsi? Right. So by both of those guys ultimately deferring to the other, we know behind closed doors the way that the, the hierarchy should go about would be OC, but you're going to still have been heavily involved, and rightfully so. He's the franchise quarterback for a reason, and he has earned that yes, right. Yes, yes. But they're both going to understand the common ground, and the common ground is Najee Harris. Hmm. That's where, yeah. regardless of what you want to do, that guy in the first do, round still throw the ball do, 60 right. times a game. Najee yeah. Harris, that's the common ground. Yes. So they're going to find ways that they can agree upon Ben's level of involvement from a passing standpoint, mm-hmm. but at the end of the day, they're both going to be finding ways to get Najee Harris the ball. Yes, that is well said by you, and, and, and that's a good point by you too. I think a lot of people were focused on the Matt Canada quote of, we're going to do what Ben wants to do. Ben said the same thing about Matt. Ben said, mm-hmm. um, we're going to do what Matt Canada wants to do. Exactly. So like you said, publicly you kind of defer to each other. Um, it, behind closed doors, though, we all it's going to be a give and take. Because think about this. It's a way nicer conversation had about that scenario when both of them are saying, well, I'm going to defer to this guy, I'm going to defer to that guy. Compared to we all, especially here in Steeler Nation, we all know how crazy the national media would have run with it if Matt Canada would have said, we're going to do it my way. Yes. Oh, it, it would have been – I mean, it would have been nuclear. It would have been the leading story on first take and get up and Colin Cowherd and, and all mm-hmm. that stuff. And that is – you said this a minute ago, Motsi. This time of year, too, you're just – you're trying to avoid that stuff, too. That is you what you that right that's what you don't want. You don't – this time of year, you don't want to be in the headline. As a Pittsburgh Steelers, you're going to get plenty of that once the season starts. I think, can assure you of, of that, if, man. If, if, you've been, if you've been watching minicamp coverage from a national standpoint, right, NFL Network, ESPN, Fox Sports, NBC, whatever, what are the two big stories this week? Mm-hmm. They are – Aaron Rodgers ain't here. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers ain't showing up. And what's going to happen with Odell Beckham in the Browns offense? Mm-hmm. Those are the two stories I've seen discussed most. Most. Those are drama stories. Those are those are not, you know, you don't want your franchise quarterback not showing up and having a dispute with the team. You don't want a, a very talented wide receiver who seemingly has never really fit in, and now the, the offense is humming, and how's this guy going to fit in? If the storyline is, you know, oh, well, Matt Canada said this about Ben. What's co- what could that mean? Yeah. That's fine. That's manageable. We'll take that. Absolutely. You're trying to just minimize all that stuff this time of year. Uh, TC tweets us and says, I absolutely love McDonald's. Two McChickens and a basket of fries. Hey. <laughs> McChicken, uh, that's my daughter go-to right there, man. Oh, I know it. <laughs> I know it. Uh, TC says, everyone talks about our wide receiver depth, but could we possibly see a, uh, a decent amount of two tight end sets? I think we could. Um, I think that's more so going to be based on how fast Pat gets up to speed and also how consistent Eric Ebron is early in the season catching the ball. Hmm. Those things are going to be 
the 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 driving force of a two tight end set because two tight end sets are a weapon, especially when you have guys that can actually run routes and you and you can make them mismatches yeah. against linebackers. And you have those guys in Eric Ebron and Pat Frymouth. But the big thing is, is Pat going to be up to speed? come season time is Eric Ebron going to be consistent are we going to see the Eric Ebron that was catching passes and looking like a consistent top 10 tight end or are we going to see the guy that was very inconsistent and was having routine drops late in the year that was driving us nuts which one shows up because you don't put two tight end sets out there right. if you got a guy that's going to be dropping the passes you don't put two tight end sets out there if you have a younger guy that might be blowing coverages or, or, or excuse me, not blowing coverages, but blowing uh, route assignments and or blocking assignments as well. You don't do that because you have too much talent in the wide receiver room right. where they've already proven what they can do. I think that's think well about said. James, James Washington, the arguably the fourth or fifth best, you know, or a fifth target. In terms of the high, a lot of teams in the NFL would like to have James Washington right now. This man, it was a 700 yard receiver. Mm -hmm. He led the he led the team in receiving yards two years ago. Mm -hmm. And now he's the fourth guy. It's too much talent. to, to to have two tight end sets if they're not producing like that. That's, that's well said by uh, by the body Arthur Motes. Uh, last one here before we get to break and get to our buddy Brian Bacco. Sensei tweets us and says, how are we feeling about the new Madden trailer? I know it would never happen, but if we traded for Stephon Gilmore, how much do you think that would boost up our rankings? That is, that's going to be like, that's the Madden move to make, right? Like, because you could probably, if you you get Madden, you could probably get Gilmore on the Steelers for like a second round draft pick. And that's, that is, that's the Madden move to make. Uh, Motsi, first time two guys, two cover athletes on Madden since it was Baby Jesus and Larry Fitzgerald. But they didn't share the cover. I thought they did two separate covers. No, they shared the cover because, remember, it was like them facing off. You're right. Yeah, and it's it's going to be the same thing with Brady and Mahomes this year. I Here's what I do with Madden every year. Right around this time, the trailer comes mm. out. I go, it looks like the same game as last year. I'm not buying that. And then by the end of August, I'm buying that. <laughs> I still have this love hate relationship with Madden. <laughs> like the 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 childhood part of me loves it, the nostalgia part of me, the being a former guy that used to be on the game. Sure, I, that, like, sure. That part I love, but I'm still. It's just like I don't find like enjoyment in playing the game of football, like on video game, because for me, I'm, I watch it so much. Sure, I'm sure. Studying so much, like so for me, it's still. It isn't back to that just yet. Like, if you play a video game, you want to unplug from yes, football and, and do and, something and else. And me playing football, it's not unplugging. It's just going to be me right. going back to sure. working again while sure. I'm playing. Because I talk, well, we talk about this off the mic all the time. Like, whenever I'm watching football, it doesn't matter what level it is. It can be Pop Warner third graders out there. And I'm over here evaluating. All right, let me see how this kid's coming out of his stance. Oh, man, this guy's a little tight in his hips. You know what's so funny? And I think we've talked about this before, too. Whenever you describe, like, that, that kind of thing, it's like the same way with my dad and music. Seriously, like, I, it's, it's, I can't it's, it's what he, watch he, it out he, of enjoyment like that. It's, it's been what, a violinist. <laughs> he's been a violinist for 40 years. Like, it, when he gets in the car, the last thing he wants to do is listen to more music. Yeah. <laughs> and so I can, I can totally see that from your standpoint, But, but like, too. all my boys, man, they're always like, yo, the new Madden's just dropping. You getting it? Yo, we got to get the Madden League. And I'm like – 
Yeah. Uh, I'll pass on this one, guys. Yeah, come, yeah. Come catch me on this duty. I'll play anything else. Duty, Ghost of Shishima. Oh, yeah. It doesn't matter. Like, like we, we, we can spice it up. I even go back to my Grand Theft Auto. Like, it, it's cool. It is. But I, I can't touch that football right now, man. <laughs> Arthur Motes, Wesley, we got a bunch of more tweets here. I promise we'll get to those uh, in our final segment before we get out of here. But right now, I see our buddy Brian Backo down on Media Row grabbing his backpack and heading up here. Because that's in about five minutes we are going to talk to our good friend of the show from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette as we continue to put a bow on all things minicamp here on our final day of coverage. So don't go anywhere, Mr. Backo, when we return. It's the Steelers Blitz on ESPN Pittsburgh and SNR. This is live coverage of the 2021 Steelers minicamp live from Heinz Field on your 24-7 home for the Steelers, SNR, Steelers Nation Radio. Our penultimate segment here on the Blitz, live from Heinz Field on the final day of minicamp. Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler. We're joined now by our good friend of the show, Mr. Brian Backo, you know his work from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, of course. Kind enough to join us just about every single week on the show. Buddy, great to see you in person here. I'm trying to think, was the last time the three of us were like on site like this doing a segment, was it the minicamp when we had the big dodgeball, like when you came and you brought this dodgeball conversation yeah. to us and we talked about which Steelers would be your first-round draft picks on a dodgeball team? What about, the- what about 2019 training camp, though? He, that was that was you oh, miss, that was right. you Missy okay. and I yeah 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 I think this so then, is the yeah, first time may, maybe the um, three amigos have been back yeah, together it has been it has been great to be back down here two of the last three days for me I mean just be being at Heinz Field we were here last year for training camp but um, you know seeing all the the same faces having a lot of the restrictions out the window and you can Finally. feel a little bit normal again uh, it's it's been great it's been great to see some ball and. Uh, there's a little bit different uh, feel to it when it's at Heinz Field as opposed to the UPMC Rooney yeah. Sports Complex on the south side. No, without a doubt. And speaking of being able to see some ball, who impressed you out here, man? Offense, defense, special teams. <laughs> you know, we, we got to talk three phases, baby. It's funny. I mean, like I was just telling somebody this time a year ago, you know, there was no rookie hype train because we weren't Correct. seeing these guys yeah. in person. Yeah. All you could do was – Let's go back and watch a little bit more Chase Claypool's <laughs> highlight film or Kevin Dotson pulling a truck. But, uh, you know, the, the rookies have impressed me over these last four weeks. I mean, not just the guys that you would expect, like Najee Harris, but Pat Fryermuth uh, has absolutely looked the part. And the, the guy who's caught my eye a couple times is Trey Norwood, who mm, kind of a forgotten mm. man, you know, that one of their last draft picks – seventh rounder db out of oklahoma i don't know ultimately what role he's going to play on this team or if he will play but to me it's not just what the plays he's making on the field which i can't necessarily tell you what i'm seeing (laughs) but uh just in general it seems like he is in cam sutton and joe hayden and minka fitzpatrick's back pocket all the time trying to learn from those guys and that's what you want to see out of any rookie no question, man. Yeah, without a doubt. Uh, I got one for you to pile on that, if that's all right with you, Motsi. Um, No, it's not all right with me. All right, well, fine. No, sorry. Sorry. (laughs) Um, And and you you know what? I will say, all three of those guys, skill guys, and those are the positions that you're actually going to notice in this setting. Maybe Kendrick Green come September is going to be absolutely smacking people in the mouth, but you don't get to see that here at OTAs and minicamp. So that's just the only other, you know, caveat that I will – Serve up there. Because uh, if we do see that, you know who's going to get a phone call. Uh. Yeah, good old NFL PA president. Yes. <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, hey, coach, this is supposed to be nonviolent. They're hitting. 
Fine. Can't have that. You can't have anybody snitching either around these parts. Come on. Oh, no, uh, no. It's eye in the sky, man. Well, that's true. Yeah, mandatory. Big brother, listen, Big Brother's always watching. Always. Uh, Mr. Backo, with it, kind of sticking with that Trey Norwood um, conversation as it relates to the slot corner position, we all know Mike Hilton uh, is off to Cincinnati. Um, Terrell Austin talking about kind of that role, I believe it was yesterday, and how, you know, you got to be able to cover, but you got to be able to play physical like a linebacker. It, do you think that the Steelers want to – have somebody step into Mike Hilton's role, if that makes sense, right? Like, have it be one person who is set that they are that guy, or could we see maybe a little bit of a committee in in, in terms of, of how they try and fill Mike Hilton's shoes? I mean, I think ideally it's the former because of exactly what Mike Tomlin said yesterday. When you have a physical guy in there in that spot who can uh, come up and stop the run, who can, can blitz you and, and get to the quarterback, then that allows you to get different personnel out there but not change your identity. And sure. just generally what you want to do on defense, and that's why Hilton was the, the perfect Swiss Army knife for that defense in the slot. But I, the, the way that things are playing out now, who's standing out, who's taking that next leap, it seems like it could be a, a little bit of a, an ever-evolving uh, chess match for Tomlin because someone like James Pierre, who keeps his name keeps coming mm-hmm. up, whether you, whether you ask about him or not, the coaches just want to get his name out there as someone who's impressing them. He's not a slot guy. He's always been an outside corner. That's what he was last year as an undrafted free agent, and that's uh, from what he said yesterday to us. uh, Still what he's repping out here, but you brought back Cam Sutton uh, on a two-year deal to to be that guy in place of Steve Nelson. We know Cam can play in the slot. He's done it. He uh, he can do it, Um, but, yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see how that all plays out. Uh, we we haven't even touched on the the inside linebackers. There's yeah, just so many bodies there that. who are. That's going to be a fierce competition for for roster spots. So uh, yeah, I mean, the, I think the secondary is the biggest question mark for this team. But uh, it's been a good week in terms of uh, some names coming up with uh, you know maybe being ahead of the curve. Now sticking with that defensive side of the ball, I was going to go offense right here, but I said you know what? No, you. no, 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 no. We're going to stay on the defensive side of the ball. <laughs> now. Yesterday I was talking to Labs, and we asked him about the third outside linebacker position. And he didn't give us a lot of clarity in terms of who he thought would emerge from the group of Quincy Roche, um, obviously Cassius Marsh, right? Yep. So asking you, Brian Backo, do you think one of those guys takes that role of the third, uh, the third edge rusher, or do you see a scenario where the Pittsburgh Steelers go shopping? I'm going to say I think those two need to be on notice. I think if they, they aren't out here putting their best foot forward, mm-hmm. that could be a spot where they want to address. Just based on you know Keith Butler, uh, whatever, two days ago, wasn't overly uh, complimentary of, of Cassius Marsh or Quincy Roche. It was more of just those are the next guys. And it was especially Marsh that he, he kept mentioning. So, um, you know, I, we know that they kicked the tires at least on Ryan Kerrigan, veteran edge rusher. Uh, my thing is, though, like, when you go back to draft time, everybody seemed to love the Quincy Roche pick, right? Everybody mm-hmm. was saying how that was great value, maybe a steal. Why would you say that if you didn't think he could come in and, you know, play a role for you right away as that mm-hmm. number three outside linebacker? So I don't think he's done anything to uh, hurt his stock or hurt his status. It's more of just you're, you're never happy with what you got, right? If you're a fan, yes. you always want someone, someone bigger, someone better, someone more productive, but – uh, as of right now, I, that's what I'm going to say. I think one of those two guys will be it, um, but they should be on notice because it, it doesn't sound like the Steelers are completely comfortable 
uh, with their it, not just their depth there, but I think you also have to consider it's not like your number two guy is still Bud Dupree. We Correct, we like right, I think right. speaking for all of us, we like Alex Highsmith, but uh, he's certainly not a slam dunk right now. We're in like with him, record. not yes. in love with him. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, Mr. Backo then staying. I guess we don't like like him. <laughs> we're not. We're not. Yeah, we're we, not ready. Yes. Like, like. We're, we're yeah. not ready to be Facebook official yet. But we'll we'll continue to flirt for a couple months here. Uh, same church, different pew. Then, right? I, I know you wrote in your mailbag today about uh, inside linebacker and how that depth car- depth chart should shake out. I think everyone knows the big three names, right? Spillane, Bush, uh, Bentz, and then you you bring in UG three behind them. Uh, Buddy Johnson as well too. Marcus Allen. There's uh, all of a sudden a lot of bodies kind of vying for those spots. How do you think that all shakes out? As I wrote in my mailbag on the Post Gazette website, you know, Ulysses Gilbert and Marcus Allen have been promising guys at various points, but it seems like the writing is on the wall that, that one or both of those two might be out. You know, you, you have to you have to develop at, at some point, and, and for both of those guys, it hasn't been easy, and it's not necessarily a knock on them as players. Gilbert's had back injuries both of his mm-hmm. first two seasons. Marcus Allen has, you know, bounced around position-wise. Like, he, he's really only in his second year as a full-time inside linebacker. But I think you've got to be a little bit nervous about their status when everybody keeps talking up Mick Spillane. Um, you know, mm-hmm. Keith Butler loves him. Uh, it seems like that you know they brought him back to play a role in this defense and not just go back to his special teams contributions. You know, they, they re-signed Vince Williams, which I didn't really see coming. And then they used the fourth-round pick on Buddy Johnson, and, and that's not nothing. you you got to think that – uh, that's a pretty good indication that, that he's going to be on this team, uh, whether it's as a defensive uh, contributor or just on team. So uh, you add all that up, and you know Ulysses Gilbert and Marcus Allen, the, the clock is ticking for them. Yeah, the writing is definitely on the wall. <laughs> just a the, lot of names and body. And hey, maybe, the they'll, maybe they'll keep five because that is a valuable no, position no, no, generally wait, wait, wait. For, for running down cover and kicks. But, uh, yeah, it's crowded. Listen, if they're smart, you better start working on their uh, get-off. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Coach, you see I can rush the passer as well. <laughs> well the more I, you we, can do. <laughs> we didn't even mention Miles Killebrew. Right. Who, like, you know, he's a, he's a vet. He's kind of like the new Jordan Dangerfield Seriously. in a sense. But he's listed as a linebacker. So yeah. he's another one of those kind of hybrids. We know Mike Tomlin loves that guy. Mm-hmm. Like one of my uh, colleagues at the Post-Gazette, Mike DeFabo, covers the Penguins. He said it's Mike Tomlin's dream to just have 11 hybrid safety linebackers hybrid. on the field <laughs> at all times. Um, and he's working towards that with every uh, offseason yeah. he adds two or three players. But uh, it's, it's going to make for some fierce competition. Come Without a doubt. Come cam- I almost said come Latrobe, but we don't know. Yeah, wait, wait, wait. Come T- camp. T- TBD. TBD. Camp but, um, Tomlin. You can still call it that. Camp but, but Tomlin. Switching, switching to the other side of the ball, you know we got to talk about the white shirts every once in a while, right? <laughs> the good Dwayne guys. Haskins. Yeah. Man, ton of praise. Ton of praise from him locally and nationally. Um, in terms of his performances throughout this mini camp time or this mini camp period. So just from what you've been able to see, man, has the praise been warranted? Yes, not necessarily in the football or physical sense, because you can't glean a ton uh, of, you know, on that from this setting, number one. And two, I think for him specifically, that's not really what's at issue here. Uh, you know, throwing the ball through the car wash, we knew he could do that. So Did you know he could do it without it getting wet, though? That's the real <laughs> question. No, I did, I, did not, I did not know that part. But, uh, you know, I might be able to throw a ball through a slip and slide without it getting wet, <laughs> but that's about it. Um, I, I've just been impressed by Haskins, him not just saying all the right things when we talked to him on Zoom this morning, but doing all the right things, too. He, he could have been a guy who, um, you know, just shows up for mini camp and says – uh, I'm here now, you know, I, I'm a first-round pick, you know I have the talent, blah, blah, blah. 
no, he's he's been here for the long haul. I, I think even before uh, people descended mm-hmm. on Pittsburgh for OTAs, he was here getting in work in the facility, getting to know the lay of the land. Uh, you see him having these conversations with, with Mike Tomlin during after practice. So seems like he's trying to soak it all up, soak it all in. And, uh, you know, again, he handled it well this morning when we kind of, you know, we aren't the New York media, probably not even the D.C. <laughs> media here on the Steelers beat. But he got peppered with a lot of questions about his uh, his past slip ups and how they've shaped him. And uh, I, I thought he, he handled himself uh, really pretty maturely in all of that. And we do ask very tough questions here. I'm just throwing it out there. Some of us do. Yeah, speaking of which, how about some of the tough questions that we've kicked around this week? Some quick hitters from Mr. Backo before we let him get out of here. Well, who, who are we firing? <laughs> so we need you to help settle some debates that have okay. broken out here this week. Here we go. Here we go. Uh, we need your thoughts on McDonald's. Mm-hmm. More importantly, their breakfast. Um, are you guys sponsored by them? Or am I supposed to we're, answer No, we're, wor- we're working on it. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm cool. I'm cool with it. Like it's the gold standard, right? Like, thank you. you know, thank I think some you, other, thank you. Some you, you other, said enough right there. The some other standard. contenders and young players have come in and I think made their presence felt. But uh, you know, you just know what you're getting with with the golden arches. We we had a bet at the beginning of this past season over under 4,300 passing yards for Tom Brady. Um, and the oh, bet and, and, one, and the yeah. bet was a McDonald's meal, right? Mm-hmm. And and so I paid that off for Moats today before the show, and we were talking. We got some tweets like McDonald's. Listen, McDonald's. What do they want you to get them? Grand Concourse. They, 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 well, they I, wanted I told, me to I, take I, them I to Eddie Merlot's. Go, go give me some Pamela's and, and, and actually give me some eggs Benedict from Morton's. You know, I thought I'll about say this much: hey, the we'll throw in the uh, the Tomlin like thirty six ounce tomahawk at Hyde Park while I was going to say the Batco family. The Batco family and my wife's family. Eddie Merlot's loyalists. Oh, it's great stuff. Yeah, it is great stuff um oh i wouldn't know that you know i, I don't have i'm letting you pay pay grade you guys <laughs> i've seen some Steelers there here. Uh, are you are you bougie eaters i know <laughs> yeah, unbelievable they got uh, madden, there. the video game madden yes you gonna get the new one you get that you buy it every year bro i haven't had a new console since ps2 i have not had a, a game console since ps2 I like it the only things in my house are ps2 i still rock with it and N64. Ooh, and if you want to come, if anybody wants to come try to see me on Madden 11 for PS2 oh. with Drew Brees on the cover, oh. it's going to be a long day for you. We set the over-under on Kendrick Green starting at center week nine. I'm going to go under, but uh, Adrian Clem, the O-line coach, talking to him today, wouldn't say he was overly bullish on Kendrick Green, but it's early. We'll, we'll see what he does when they get the pads popping up at, uh, again, Camp Tomlin, wherever that may be. <laughs> and the last one for you, Mr. Backo, before we let you go, by the end of the season, is Pat Fryermuth tight end number one on the depth chart? I'm going to say yes. Uh, I, I thought that Eric Ebron was certainly hit or miss in his first season here, and you know we, we all know that he doesn't really have the all-around tight end skill set that's a nice Steelers. way to put that. The Steelers have <laughs> that valued. Is a very, I'm, I'm still in that. I'm just throwing it out there. He's not the all-around guy that we would, that we hoped he would be. And, and great for some teams, but yeah. not really what the Steelers have historically valued at that position. But and hey, I'll say this much though: um, to temper expect, like we don't know that Fryermuth is either. I mean, he's still got to get out there and, and block the big uglies at the NFL level. But big time um, difference. But yes. he he has looked really good to me uh, in the past game part of it and uh, Eric Ebron to his credit was very complimentary of his running mate today as well and we'll see what kind of damage those two can do uh, as a tandem because I would say Ebron McDonald uh, you know never really uh, filled out the way that a lot of people hoped. Mm -hmm. 
Brian Backo of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Great stuff as always in the flesh. Thanks, buddy. This was fun. My pleasure. Talk make to sure you guys next Make time. sure you're checking out all his work in the PG, getting involved with the mailbag, all that good stuff from Mr. Backo. Although I'm going on vacation soon, though, so don't expect sure. to see anything. Sure. got to go vacation. Like, you know, the, th June, the, the three of us are, are, all, on, are all on that I'm flight, baby. Yep. I will holla at you <laughs> we, later. We'll see you at Camp Tomlin. <laughs> yes. uh, one more segment to go. When we come back here, we'll wrap up the show, get those tweets in uh, before we hand things over to Dale Lolly and Matt Williamson. It's Steelers Blitz on SNR. This is live coverage of the 2021 Steelers minicamp live from Heinz Field on your 24-7 home for the Steelers. SNR, Steelers Nation Radio. Our last segment here on the Blitz live from Heinz Field, but don't you dare go anywhere. You've got two more hours of minicamp coverage. Dale Lolly, Matt Williamson will have the drive for you from three to five as we put a bow on this three-day minicamp from Heinz Field. It's Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler with you here for our final segment of the week. Motesy, what do you say we get to some of these tweets to close us out? I mean, isn't that the only way to close out the final show before the weekend? I think so. Okay, let's do let's it then. Just, let's just take the let's good vibes. Let's not stay right here on ceremony Let's take then. the good vibes yeah. right into the long weekend. Annie wants to know, well, she says, great job this week, guys. Thank you, Annie. Well, thank you, Annie. Um, thank but you. she wants to know from a player perspective, you know what that means. That means that means you. She, that means definitely she's asking you. Arthur Mose. Uh, what, uh, what, what focus, what work happens between now and training camp? What are you working on? What are you focused on between now and, and about a month from now? For me, a couple of things. Um... The first would be I'm watching this mini camp and I'm trying to figure out what did I do well and what were some of the things that I struggled with. And I struggle in the sense of, oh, man, this makes me a terrible player. But you're trying to find that nugget, something that can make sure, you 1% sure. better. That's all you're trying to do is just find something to make you 1% better. So if I'm watching the mini camp tape and I said to myself, well, I kept losing to my leverage side in coverage. I'm going to figure out different drills in my training, wherever I'm training at, if I'm training with other NFL players, if I'm training at my college campus, sure. wherever I'm training at, I'm going to make sure I have the resources there to help me work on my coverage. If it was hand placement, if it was footwork, whatever it is, it's been times where it was speed for me. I'm going to do, I'm going to put an emphasis on those things during these next couple of weeks. The second thing that I would do is, take a vacation hmm. because I would know that this is the last time I'm going to have a break until after the season. Sure. Because even on a bye week, you might try to take a, a quick trip somewhere. But you're but not completely unplugging. No, you, you can't because number one, you have to keep your body ready to go. Yes. You have to keep your mind ready to go. So you're really not going to be able to unwind the way that you truly want to unwind. So, you know, going into the season that, Hey, this is my last opportunity with the family to kind of have that, moment where it's just us we're not worried about everything else so right. that was the other thing that i would do and sometimes i would combine the both of them sure so sure it was times where i would go out to california right because my wife's family's from out there yep. but Bam her brother up. but her brother's a trainer and he would help me with footwork and things nice, like that nice. so we would go out and it was like okay we got sand dunes out here which are essentially just little mountains of sand. And, and you got those here in western Pennsylvania. So running-wise, right, <laughs> people always talk about running on the beach because running in sand, it helps because every step is like your first step all over. You're not really going to build up momentum and make it easier. But now you take that and you make it into a hill, and now you're doing the same thing but a lot harder. Heck, yeah. So for me, I would combine the both of, all right, well, we're going to call out here because I know your family's out here. California is nice. 
So I get the vacation part, but I'm also getting a chance to continue to hone on my skills, continue to work on the things that I'm going to feel are going to make me better as a player, which are going to ultimately allow us to do a lot more of these trips for a lot longer. So that's what typically happens during this time, man. Once you get done with mini camp and prior to training camp, you're focusing on the things that you, you thought you struggled with and just taking that last little bit of time to just refresh, unplug, because you know once you get to late Trobe or wherever camp is going to be at, it's, it's go time until for, after the Super Bowl. Yeah, it's full steam till February for sure. Uh, at Wesley Euler at the Body 52, if you want to get some questions in here in our final segment live from minicamp, uh, Steeler Nation 920 has a couple questions here for us. Uh, he, first, he says, I'm sitting here packing to go to Phoenix, Arizona. AZ, all right. He said, Arthur Motes, I need to know what are the best wings in Arizona. And, and, and also, where oh, should I need some opinions on where I should definitely take my family while we're out there? Oh, man. See, that was the thing. I was not eating the wings like that out there, yeah. Maisie. I was trying to find everything else. <laughs> man, but um, I will say this. Uh, sandbars, they, they got nice little wings okay. in there as well. That I know that's over in the uh, Tempe area, closer to where the Cardinals uh, practice facility is at. Okay. But um, in terms of just places to check out while you're out there, they have a really dope um, – it's a science history museum. So they have like dinosaurs and stuff in there, but they also have a lot of the native American um, culture that's in this, uh, in this museum that's right downtown Phoenix as well, which is cool because they do have a good amount of native Americans out there in AZ. So just seeing that heritage, that community, I'm like, yo, I like this right here. Obviously you can go over to Glendale. You'll be able to see the actual like Cardinal stadium. And I mean, the Suns are still playing as well, man. Oh. So even if, even if you can't catch the game because those tickets might be expensive. I bet you they're pricey. You could easily be down in that area, though, maybe for like a late dinner. Mm-hmm. Maybe with some the watch family, parties. You'll be able to watch some, party. Yeah. Yeah, and just being around that vibe for the Western Conference Finals. I can tell you, going to, to Cleveland for the NBA Finals, even if you're not at the game, it's still the it's ev- city, it's, everywhere. It, it's, yeah. it's a buzz about it. So that would be something else that I would say to check out. It's the same way, right, when the Steelers go on runs here in Pittsburgh. You remember that 16-17 and 17 mm-hmm. with the Penguins, like just the city's on fire when, you're, when your Absolutely. team's going on a run like that. Suns and four? Well, it depends on who comes out. <laughs> no, I don't. Yeah, That's the rallying cry yeah. now, though, since that one fan, though, was giving right, that right, the, right. Suns and the Suns and four hands. Right. But, yeah, you know, that's a good call. I, yeah, find a, find a little watch party or something. I say inexpensive, uh, but you would still yeah. be a run. And, it's all, like I said, it's just a sight to be seen, just feeling the energy of fans when their team is competing for something on that level in their home stadium. Like, with the Super Bowl, is different because we haven't had that in Pittsburgh while the Steelers were playing in it. When you're in Phoenix and these guys are actually playing in Phoenix for the Western Conference Finals, totally different. 100%. Totally different. 100%. Uh, second question from uh, from Steelers Nation 920. Wants to know what it was like in training camp, mini camp, these type of sessions with the great Dick LeBeau. Oh, Coach LeBeau, man. Love him, love him, man. Like I said, every day he comes out, and this didn't matter if it was OTAs. It didn't matter if it was mini camp, training camp. He's always hitting you with the, hey, it's a great day to be alive, man. All right, now here we go. <laughs> and he, he says that every day as soon as we start the stretching part of practice. Because he knows mentally for us, that's when we're, we're starting to question ourselves. Sure. Like, oh, sure. man, I really, this is the first time I've ran since ye- yesterday, man. I'm a little achy right now. I don't, <laughs> I don't know if I want to be out here today. And, and he knows that you're thinking about those things. So yeah. his, you know, just – 
his tool to just get you back locked in is, you know, it's a great day to be alive. And when you're looking at Dick LeBeau, who was in his 70s at the sure. time, saying that, and you're like, this guy has this energy out here. He could you, be re- he you, could be retired on a beach somewhere. But but when you see that and you feel the energy that he gives off, it's contagious. And ultimately, it gets you ready to go. It gets you ready to practice. And from there, man, it's just always fun being around him to, number one, be on the receiving end of some of his lessons sure. and some of his pinpoint minutia and details. But then it's also cool to watch him when he's interacting with other players. And it doesn't matter if they're offense or defense because with LeBeau, man, he's just one of those guys. He is so cool, so in tune with everything as it pertains to football that it doesn't matter what position or what stage in your career, he's going to give you a nugget that's going right. to make you better. Something that sticks with you Absolutely. and helps you improve. Yeah. Uh, Steeler Nation 920 also wants to know who would win in a foot race, Wes or Arthur? Uh, Mozi, for sure. Yeah. yeah, especially now. Yeah, for sure. Because you, I know you're slimmed down. I, 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 I didn't drop. Yeah, maybe like three yeah. years ago, I might have had <laughs> not even a fun. No. Listen, I'm built. Us Euler's were built for distance. All right, <laughs> we run the mile. I might have a chance. I see Mozi out on the ice. I really like my chances. Oh, yeah, on, on the ice, on the ice, I like you a ton. 40 yard dash out here. Yeah. No way. Mozi's cooking me. I'm probably t- tearing a hammy before we get <laughs> before I get halfway. Uh, and then he says, for me, if you could interview any Steelers legend. Who would it be? What is your question for them? That is a great mm. question, Steelers Nation 920. Um, you know what? Honestly, of, of all the guys that I could pick, the guy for me, I've probably done it, was Santonio Holmes. Cause, cause, because as I've shared before, the Steelers winning that Super Bowl, Santonio in the back of the end zone, that was a few months before I graduated high school. Uh, that was two weeks before I turned 18. You know, it was kind of the – end of our senior year me and all my boys hanging out and that was our Steelers moment was Santonio Holmes in the back of the end zone I'm that age where I'm just a complete fan I hadn't started doing any of this for a living yet I was just a pure fan of the Steelers pure unadulterated fandom and and, and 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 I I got a chance at the combine a few years ago to interview Santonio on SNR for 10-15 minutes and it was a friggin dream for me um but you know what I mean <laughs> Jeez, Rod Woodson would be great. Troy Polamalu obviously would be amazing. Um, another one too. I've I've been fortunate enough to, to to chat with him. Rocky Blyer is an incredible interview. A great guy to chat with. But you know what's funny is is I think my answer would probably be Santonio San Holmes and and it's I and, time, man. and and I already have. I like Actually, it. you know what? You know who my you know who my answer is now. Who's your answer now? Joey Porter. How about that? That'd be peasy. Because then right. I could just sit down. And, All right. All right. <laughs> All right, last one here comes from Joe on, he says, random question Thursday in place of three question Thursday. As we've got uh, some a slideshow. <laughs> oh, this is probably people that are gra- they're getting ready it's for graduation, graduation here. here? I yeah, say, I think there's about to be a graduation ceremony. Just transparency, the scoreboard shifted from <laughs> Steelers football to just random so, like, pictures senior of pictures. people. Yeah, and see? Moats is looking at me like, "What's? Go- I think you're right. I think there's about to be a graduation yeah, here. I was like, yeah, I don't know what I'm looking at right here. <laughs> Random question Thursday from Joe here on Twitter. What was the last thing in life that disappointed you? The last thing in life that disappointed me? Man, that text I got from my partner in crime this morning saying that they're not serving, uh, that they couldn't get any breakfast for me. Yeah. That, that, uh, that really disappointed me. <laughs> last thing in life that disappointed me, it's the, uh, the the professional hockey team that plays on the other side of town ah. in, their, in their early exodus from the postseason. Ah. What's something you never to get never get tired of doing? Never get tired of doing? Yeah. Watching my WVU Mountaineers tailgating in Morgantown. How about that? Mm. 
man, I have a lot. <laughs> so I picked just one thing. First thing that came things. to mind. I'll say, drums. Playing the there, drums. Perfect. There we go. Perfect. And last one. So this is like random three-question Thursday. Yeah. What do you seem to get the most comments about in your life? Did I get the most comments about? Yeah. Oh, football. <laughs> and, and for me, folks, this is the honest to God's truth. It's about how loud I am. I'm just a very loud person. I think that comes through on the Always microphone. I make football. a lot of noise in life. People tell me I'm loud. Uh, it was a lot of fun this week, folks. Don't go anywhere. Matt and Dale are up next. A uh, big shout-out to everybody who joined us. Labs, Chris Carter, Brian Backo. Thanks to them. And thanks to our guy, Kellen Gursky, for keeping us on air back in studio. We'll talk the ends next week. The drive is up next as we continue to wrap up mini camp coverage right here on SNR.